Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Mile high hello everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I'm your host Lance Sanderson. Joining me as per usual is my good friend and colleague. He is Mile High Huddle's senior NFL draft analyst, the one and only Eric Trickle. Now, guys, how pumped up is Broncos country for this new head coach that the Broncos hired yesterday morning, very early yesterday morning when the announcement came across. I believe it was Tom Pelissero was the one that broke the news that Nathaniel Hackett, the Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator, was named the Broncos new head coach. And it was later confirmed. Uh, it was I think it was about five o'clock yesterday afternoon from the Broncos official site saying that Nathaniel Hackett is the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. It's been a wonderful last 24 hours, at least with 24 to 36 hours or something like that. Eric, dude. I know that uh, Kevin O'Connell was the guy that you were really intrigued by. Obviously, Dan Quinn was the guy that I really wanted to be the new head coach for the Broncos. But Nathaniel Hackett, that's the guy. What do you think, man? Nathaniel Hackett was my favorite option throughout this whole process. Okay, I thought you. I, I just remember no. you going on to the Broncos country tonight and saying, you know, Kevin O'Connell he was the guy that really intrigued me. Hackett okay. was my favorite. Gotcha. Okay. Um, same with Callahan. He intrigued me, but uh, Hackett was my favorite all the way. Um, I could have lived with Dan Quinn if that was the option. I'm glad that, uh, you know, the whole thing, and I did an article on this, and it's what I did on radio show about the nepotism and that potentially being a flaw in the hiring process. And it's great to see that even if they went in with Dan Quinn, the favorite, we don't know for sure internally if that was the case, just what was going off reports, that George Payton was able to look at this and be like, all right, well, he's not cutting it because there's been some talks that Dan Quinn didn't have, not necessarily the best vision, but, uh, some of his guys that he was linked with for coordinator positions weren't the best or the most enticing. Um, and now he's going to end up staying with Dal- in Dallas. So it's nice to see that you're able to move on. And it's watching Hackett today. Like when he first was in, I was going around and I was watching all the stuff about him. Like, oh, he, here he is mic'd up and how, ex- how um, exciting he is, how much energy he has. Man, tuning into that press conference today, like it was obvious how energetic it was. And that was so refreshing because let me say the press conferences under Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio were a freaking snooze fest. They were so boring to watch. There was no energy. It was very just blah, 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 blah. And it's great. And the energy resonates with the players and it resonates with the fans. And one of the things too is like with Vic Fangio, he fought out, Hackett fought out so that he's going to allow music and Fangio wouldn't. And that helps bring energy and it was talked about a lot this past training camp that yep. it was very bland and not very energetic. And that's part of it. I mean, there's a reason why people listen to music to do different things, to exercise and all that stuff like that. It helps you get pumped up, helps you get excited, helps to get the blood flowing a little bit. 
Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. And I got to say, though, is two things that will determine if Heck is a Hall of Fame coach or not. He's trending the right way. He's a Star Wars fan. That's all that really matters. <laughs> but he would cement himself as a Hall of Fame coach, in my opinion, if after he first after his first win, he break dances on the sidelines because he has a background in that. Like that would be <laughs> awesome to see. Dude, so we, we we saw you know the the Sean McVay deal where he had you know like Halle Berry as one of his play calls and uh, like Jared Goff was a big part of that and everything like that. Um, and yes, Eric does like that's the the main reason why Eric is a is a Nathaniel Hackett fan is because Han Solo is his favorite Star Wars character. Although Boba Fett, if I'm not mistaken, Boba Fett's your oh guy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, anyways, no, it, it'd be great. He was a he was a uh, a hip hop dance instructor at one point. Uh, it's and fascinating. This guy's such a fascinating guy, guys. As Eric was saying earlier, I was listening into the uh, the press conference earlier today, and the very first thing that you noticed is not only his energy, but the fact that he wants to connect with you on a personal level. You would listen to uh, like the very first question that he was a- that he was asked was from Ryan O'Halloran of the Denver Post, and uh, even before Ryan got to ask the question. Nathaniel Hackett was like, Hey Ryan, it's good to see you again. It's great to meet you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. It was like, it was like that with every single question that was asked. Hey, it's good. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks. It's great to meet you. He wants to connect with these, with these reporters in the media and with everybody that he meets apparently on a personal level before we actually get to the business side of things. This is a breath of fresh air for Broncos country. Like I'm telling you right now, this guy is packed full of energy i put it out on my twitter account earlier find me at lance uh, at uh, sanderson mhh um on twitter guys like this guy jumps with so much energy and so much lucidity like he's just crazy 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 high energy guy i want to run through the door right now for him i really do like he, it's so much fun to listen to a guy that comes in that brings juice that brings the energy that brings a, 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 like the hyperactive personality that he has it's just an amazing amazing breath of fresh air and i cannot be more excited like quite honestly i was excited about the 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 announcement that they were going to hire him but after listening to him speak I love this move. I uh, I'm in love with this guy. I really am. And I cannot be more excited for the direction of this Broncos team. Uh, Miguel yeah. jumping in here on, uh, go ahead, Eric, excuse me. And Miguel jumped in with some stars. Thank you, Miguel. We appreciate that. He says, sup fellas, love Hackett's interview today. Cool energy. Eric, what's the deal with the interview block for the running back coach? Um, I want to touch on this because by the rules, the NFL has green Bay cannot block Adam Stenovich from interviewing for the offensive coordinator position. He has not been promoted, which doesn't give them the right to block him 
It's not viewed as a lateral move. He's the offensive line coach and passing game coordinator. An offense coordinator is a jump forward. However, it seems to be that he kind of has the agreement that he will be the offensive coordinator. And from what Green Bay Packers reporters are saying, he got a he's going to get a pretty substantial raise. And he himself is turning down the role for it. And it's kind of seems to be a little bit of a spin from the Green Bay side. Maybe don't want to, you know, like ruffle some feathers there by saying, oh, yeah, like he didn't want to or just kind of want to spin it a little bit because you obviously want to, you know, keep a good relationship with those Packers guys for a certain Aaron Rodgers. And Lawrence, thank you for that, for the question as well in the stars. Um, but yeah, same thing. It's technically by the rules, they can't block it. It's just that sounds like that he just didn't want to interview because he kind of wants to stay there. Yeah, which is unfortunate because Adam Senovich was a guy that we talked about on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast a couple of weeks ago when prior to Nathaniel Hackett getting hired uh, yesterday, obviously. Um, we, we talked about Senovich as a guy that uh, was a rising star and w- could have potentially been a guy that uh, Nathaniel Hackett named for his offensive coordinator. Doesn't sound like Luke Getze is going to get that. I think he's going to go to Chicago from the sound of it. But uh, Senovich was a guy that, that Eric and I both had our eyes on. Uh, Michael jumping in here says, I'm a Packers fan. You're getting a great coach and hack. Hope he does great for you guys. And I'm wishing you all the best. Well, Michael, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you for that. And we appreciate the kind words. Um, and, and hopefully, man, I, I'm I'm pumped for Nathaniel Hackett. I really am. Uh, Travis jumping in here, throwing some stars around. We appreciate you, Travis, like we appreciate you every single day on the Huddle Up Podcast Network, especially here on Dove Valley Deep Divers. Uh, good evening, Lance and Eric, uh, Broncos country. Happy Friday. I know it's early, but any word on any coaches here being retained by Hackett? Christian um, Parker. Th- that was one that I was going to say. Um, it doesn't sound like Zach Azani is going to be kept around. And the one that was kind of surprising to me, and I, I guess not really a surprise, uh, Mike Munchak. It seems like he's going to be on his way out with uh, Nathaniel Hackett uh, admitting earlier today in his press conference they want to run more outside zone stuff that doesn't really align with what Mike Munchak likes to do with his offensive linemen, more power gap stuff inside zone, uh, doesn't really teach the outside zone game very well. So it seems like Mike Munchak might be on his way out. Uh, Bill Kolar was a name that seems like he's going to stick around. I think Reggie Herring, the linebackers coach, was going to be another guy that stuck around as well. Um, but as far as the offensive staff is concerned, it seems like sweeping changes on the offensive side of the football. Eric, have you heard anything different than that? Um, no, I'm fully expecting basically the whole offensive staff to be turned a little bit. Things still sound a little up in the air with Zach Azani. Um, Chris Cooper, there's a possibility of him getting a promotion there to be the offensive line coach. He has experience in the outside zone scheme. Mike Munchak, he has experience coaching it as well, but his bread and butter is the inside stuff, the uh, gap in power. And uh, Curtis Modkins is another name that seems to be up in the air. Sounds like most of the defensive staff will be retained. Um, there are a couple guys that may be on their way out. Um, John John Pagano um, is one of them. Um, sounds like they want to keep Bill Kohler. It sounds like a couple of the quality coaches on the defense side as well maybe switched out for younger guys that Nathaniel Hackett or um, um, Ejiro uh, Evero kind of wants to bring in if he ends up getting the job, of course. But Christian Barker has basically been confirmed that he will be sticking around. Okay. He's got a connection to um, Hackett going back to Green Bay, where Denver hired Christian Barker from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it sounds like that he'll be sticking around, which is great. I mean, I think that if Ejiro Evero, if he gets the job, I I said this before, and I think it was in the group chat with Lance, and I may have tweeted out as well. I think, I think Evero is on his way to a head coaching position within the next five years. And if he gets that, then you have a guy right there in Christian Parker that you can end up promoting to replace him. 
Um, he's a young, very bright, up and coming guy, and there's been a lot of talk or a lot of communication um, I've had with people close to the Broncos about him, and it's been nothing but praise. Yeah, and Christian Parker is a guy that I really like as well. He did uh, he worked a lot of wonders in the secondary this year with uh, obviously uh, you know bolstering the growth of Justin Simmons, working with Kareem Jackson as well. Um, the rise that we saw from uh, Pat Sertan, who had a lot of high praise for Christian Parker coming out of the season, Ronald Darby as well. So Parker's a guy, and quite honestly, um, if if Ajiro Evero does not get the job, it, right now he is the uh, secondary coach. And the uh, pass game coordinator, defensive pass game coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams, working underneath um, Raheem Morris and formerly Brandon Staley as well. So he's got some experience with this Vic Fangio defense that we've got right now. Um, worked underneath Wade Phillips. We'll get into more with, about him here in just a few minutes. But uh, if Evero does not get the job, Christian Parker would be a guy that I'd be kind of interested in seeing if he couldn't be the defensive coordinator as a guy that kind of sticks around and, you know, gets that that rising star boost from Nathaniel Hackett here. Uh, Michael Ronquillo, who is an amazing supporter of every single show on the Huddle Up Podcast Network, um, great Twitter follow. He is just an amazing supporter. Jumping in here with the extremely generous uh, super – the stars donation here, excuse me um, – and we appreciate you, Michael, for joining us again here tonight. Uh, good evening, Lance and Eric on the Dove Valley Deep Divers. Uh, good evening, Broncos country. I'm an excited Broncos fan from Tucson, Arizona, and you are an express company here with uh, uh, a very excited Broncos fan from Wyoming, another one from, uh, from Alaska, and everybody across Broncos country, which is not a geographical location. It is, in fact, a hashtag state of being. And, Michael, thank you again for joining us tonight. Now, uh, let me do some quick matters of business, guys. Again, you guys are watching the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. You guys can find me on Twitter by fo uh, following me at SandersonMHH for Eric at Eric Trickle. Also, guys, while you're at it, uh, follow Scott Kennedy, who's running the ones and twos behind the scenes here at, at Scout Kennedy. And also, again, guys, at Mile High Huddle. That's the mother account where you're going to get breaking news and analysis on your Denver Broncos. Uh, Facebook supporters go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle click that blue become a supporter button because that's where you're going to get inside analysis uh, from eric on the trickle zone you're also going to get kelberman's corner and broncos book club with chad jensen exclusively on facebook so make sure you guys go and do that and trickle zone is coming back with hot and heavy with some draft content i know you just got back this last week what's going on tomorrow probably gonna be talking about edge rushers or tackles haven't made up my mind yet Oh, there we go. I, I cannot wait, man. This edge class is so lit. It's an amazing, amazing edge class. Uh, Chase jumping back in here, uh, throwing some stars down. And Chase, we appreciate you for joining us again as well. Thank you, buddy. Uh, but with that, guys, oh, Dennis jumping in here with the $5 super chat. We appreciate you, Dennis, for joining us. If Hackett uses the outside zone scheme, are there any old linemen in the draft that we should target that would fit well with that scheme, Denver Broncos for life and Mile High Huddle for life. Eric, this is one right up your alley, man. What do you got? Well, I mean, um, let's see here. If you want to talk about tackles, I think Max Mitchell from Louisiana Lafayette, he's a guy who's got good movement skills. Um, I think Ikama Kwanu, mm -hmm. Mickey, um, I think kind of moves him out a little bit. He's a little bit more power straight up, not a guy that you want moving. Same with Evan Neal. Like, Evan Neal is a decent mover, but not his strong suit. Um Charles Cross. I mean, this absolutely moves Charles Cross up for my wish list for the Broncos going to an outside zone scheme. Dude, super athletic. I think it will help cover up some of his issues that he has in the running game. Um, even though he does, it, with lack of experience that he has, too, so getting that experience will help him. Um, I think Charles Cross can move up there. I think definitely might be worth that ninth overall pick now. 
Um, Trevor Penning's another guy that I like a lot for this. Um, Jackson Kirkland, he's a pretty good athlete coming out of Washington at the offensive yep. tackle position. Position. Those are a couple of good guys there uh, for that. Then for on the inside, um, Z- uh, Zion Johnson out of Boston College. But I think the Broncos moving to the outside zone scheme. I think I like them a little bit better on the inside than I do at tackle. Instead of sticking with the scheme that they had, Quinn Miners is showing enough improvement with his uh, play on the move with his lateral agility. Uh, just the need to catch up the technique a little bit. Dalton Reisner is a much better fit for this scheme, so hopefully we see him start to work his way back. Yeah. And I think Graham Glasgow being back, I think that I really think that we're going to be seeing him move up to center, and I like his fit in this scheme. Christian Berry also is an okay fit with it. I mean, he's kind of in a weird spot because neither inside stuff, gap power stuff doesn't really fit him. Outside zone stuff doesn't really fit him, so he's kind of in a weird spot there. Daniel Fa'alele, as much as I'm a fan of him, he's definitely got the power straight up. Decent mover for his size, but if you're wanting an outside zone scheme, I mean, it's just it's going to be rough at times with him. With yeah, him. he would be so much better pin and pull. Is it, like if you're going to ask him to move, you want him to be it, like initiating contact, it, it, like be that pulling tackle or, or a, a trap tackle, something like that. If that's what you were trying to do with Daniel Falele, he's not a guy that can get out in front and, and move in that way. Um, for six eight three eighty or whatever the hell he's going to measure out at at the at the, the combine senior bowl, um, like he's a he's a big boy and he moves pretty well for a big boy, but he's not an athletic mover. Um, a guy that kind of jumps out at me. I was watching him the other day and he's a great athlete. Trevor Penning, the Northern Iowa kid, uh, he would benefit from being in a in an outside zone stretch scheme. Uh, kind I of think a, he works in any scheme. He does, but it's using that athleticism that he has. He's got great length. He's got good athleticism. He can get out in front and go. He can get out in the screen game, which is something that Nathaniel Hackett likes to do as well, um, especially the tight end screen game, which is, Eric, I know you're not going to like that, but uh, it's a, it's a thing there. Um, yeah, it, it means for your offense. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, guys. I wanted to give a shout-out to Black Knight. He's sitting there lurking on Twitch. Um, I always got to give a shout out to our Twitch supporters saying he's playing the new Switch game. My assumption is Legends of Arceus, and he's keeping an eye out on chat. Hey, Black Knight, it's great to have you here. It's always great to see you in the chat. Yeah. Um, if it's Legend of Arceus, I was playing it a little bit before the stream. I enjoy it. That's how I want all Pokemon games to be going forward. And while I was watching that, some of you might know this. I was watching Legend of Vox Machina, too. I was so excited that came out today as well. Yeah, I haven't got our, uh, the Legends of Arceus yet, and that's going to be something that I do here probably in the next uh, 41 minutes. So as soon as this is done and over with, I'm going to go play some Pokemon, damn it. Uh, Eric jumping in here. Uh, if Brian Flores remains available, do you think that he is a viable option as a defensive coordinator? I think he's a great candidate who Hackett can give full reign to run the defense while Hackett focuses on off uh, calling the offensive play calls. Um Eric, I, I appreciate the, the comment here. I don't think that that's a possibility. Honestly, I think that Brian Flores is looking for a head coaching job. Um, and uh, another thing that we've it's been widely reported from multiple people, um, Brian Flores created a really toxic work environment down in Miami. It's uh, not only Benjamin Albright, I believe that uh, Tom Pelissero, I think Field Yates also had that as well, where it, he was like not a friendly person to get along with. Um and it kind of created a a, a, a a huge discourse in the front office. Uh, he was uh, not very friendly with Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, or uh, Chris Greer, who's the general manager there. Um, I don't think that that's going to be a possibility. Um, 
watch for him to end up in maybe Houston. I know that uh, New Orleans has off has uh, asked to have him in for an interview. Um, and it, now that Brian Dable is going to be the New York Giants head coach, I think that his options are running slim. He might be a defensive coordinator and then jump back into the the coaching search again here in the next couple of years. So uh, yeah, Brian Brian Flores of the Broncos is probably not going to happen. Yeah, that that wasn't the best work environment there. He had multiple issues with the staff on the offensive side of the ball. That was pretty well reported. He yep. always there was multiple reports about him getting into basically shouting matches. Um, he wanted things done his way. It was his way or the highway. He wanted to go get his guy. He alienated players that he had because he wanted to make certain trades. He guys that he was behind for drafting. He alienated. It it was a bad work environment there. And I think that if he doesn't get a head coaching job, which is very likely. Um, we're going to see him probably on a staff for somebody that maybe Josh McDaniels um, going with in, <clears throat> with the Raiders, maybe back somewhere with the um, Patriots in some fashion. But things aren't looking good for him at the moment. Um, everybody thought the Giants, but the Giants, they really wanted to build around Daniel Jones, and they went and got Brian Dabble, who supposedly wanted to work with Daniel Jones in the first place. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Travis Weber jumping back in here. Uh, who do you see as the number two running back behind uh, Javante Williams, Pookie? Is it going to be Mike Boone? Uh, they re-signed Melvin Gordon. I actually saw an article that talked about free agent targets for all of the teams, and it said Cordero Patterson. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think that Williams will blossom in Hackett's scheme? Um, I'm going to go to the second uh, to, to the last question here about Javante Williams blossoming in, in uh, Nathaniel Hackett's scheme. I actually do think that's going to be the case. I really do. Uh, when he was at North Carolina, when they would run the stretch zone plays that they would run, which wasn't very often, um, the vision questions that he had this season, especially in the gap stuff where he was supposed to put his head down and just go, uh, that was where you saw a lot of issues with him because he wouldn't just hit the hole and go. He was. It almost seemed like he lacked some decisiveness there. When you get him to stretch and get the offensive line moving, he actually works a little bit better that way. So I do think that it's going to help his vision his vision problems as well. Um, and when you open up some holes like that for him, obviously we, we know the tackle-breaking ability that he does have. So I think that's going to be a, a big boost to him. As far as a number two running back behind him, Boone seems to be the likely option. I wouldn't mind bringing back Melvin Gordon at the right price. I think that there's, a, there's an option there. Um, if you can get him back, you know, I, I put out on my Twitter feed a while ago, and Eric still gives me grief for it. Uh, 5.2 is market value. I'd be okay with it. Um, it like, I'd love to have him back. I would much rather have him like two and a half, maybe three million at the most. But Gordon seems to be an intriguing option to me. Um, as far as draft options, that would be probably the preferred option. Eric, what kind of mid-round running backs could be available that would fit this outside zone scheme if you uh, have got a chance to take a look at some of those guys? I mean, it's not really um, mid-round, but James Cook out of Georgia would be a fantastic addition. Yeah, yeah. He really balances out what Javante Williams wants to do. Um, since you're McCormick out of University of Texas, El Paso would be a good option there. He's got some pretty yeah. good speed to be mm -hmm. kind of that. Um, not as, not, sorry, not good speed to be a home run hitter. He's got great burst and good balance to help be, you know, be part of that one-two punch and help really wear down a defense. Um, the guy I was thinking of with the speed to be a home run hitter is Pierre Strong, I think, out of South Dakota. Yeah. State. Yeah. I mean, dude's explosive. Get the ball in his hands. You want him working in space. 
one read and go, like everything just seems to line up for him with what the Broncos are doing. He's probably could be had a little bit later than mid round, somewhere late day three. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to go back into it. Let I me, actually me... have an article up on milehighhuddle.com that you guys can go check out that talks about five options in the draft to replace Melvin Gordon. You do actually. Um, the Tyler Alger kid from BYU. I think that that's a, a pretty decent uh, option as well. Um, uh, let's see here. I, I, I do like CJ CJ Verdell from Oregon, but Eric, you were kind of reminding me that he had a pretty a pretty big injury um, later uh, towards the, the later end of the season, which definitely puts his draft stock into into some question that, uh, question there. Uh, Sincere McCormick is another guy. I do like Max Borgie out of Washington State as far as his own his own stretch kind of a scheme. Um, I like the re- the receiving ability out of the backfield. He's more of a later round kind of a guy, but that's a that's another guy that I would uh, kind of take a look at. Uh, Andrew Baker jumping in here. Love for my DVD bros. Uh, what's up, man? Uh, what's our free agency looking like? Uh, who do we get or who do we get rid of? Um, I, I haven't really taken a look into the free agency aspect of things as of right now. Um, as far as retaining guys, I'd like to see Malik Reed get a restricted free agent tender and see him brought back. Um, obviously, tackle is a, is a need, right tackle is a need. Um I, I I'll write with Bobby Massey, probably not in the, in the new scheme for Nathaniel Hackett. I'd, I'd really have to go in and take a deep dive on it. Um, edge edge defenders is something huge for me this year. Uh, Denver def- desperately needs edge defenders. And that's even if they keep uh, Bradley Chubb this year, uh, which there's rumors that he could be potentially involved in a trade going to green Bay for Aaron Rodgers or maybe even up to Seattle for Russell Wilson. It, like if that's a, a, a movable piece for sure. But even if, if Bradley Chubb stays, the, the Broncos need edge rushers. So uh, that would be where I would look at names off the top of my head. I'm not sure. Eric, do you got anybody? Not off the top of my head. No. Okay, and, and sorry, Andrew, and, and come back to us on that. Um, like I said, I've been kind of following the uh, um, the, the head coaching search mostly for the last couple of weeks, um, and getting started on some drafts, uh, draft preparation and stuff like that. So, Andrew, come back to us on that one, and we'll give you a, a much better answer as far as some specific guys to watch out for. Uh, Rodney Garcia, nothing to say, just showing some love on Facebook, and we appreciate you for joining us. Michael Ronquillo as well, a couple of times here. So, uh, again, thank you, Michael, for for showing up and showing us some love like you do every single week. Now, guys, I want to get get into this here because we kind of talked about it a little bit, but Nathaniel Hackett, man, this guy is, like I said, he's so full of juice, so full of excitement, so full of energy. Um, he speaks so well. He engages everybody that, that he talks to. I want to give you guys just a little bit of background here on him. I did a little bit of work on him. Uh He's 42 years old, married with four kids. Uh, he started playing football back in the uh, the early 1990s as a middle linebacker. So as an offensive coordinator now, he started playing on the defensive side of the football. He was a middle linebacker, a long snapper, and a short snapper. So he was also on the special team side of things, and that was at uh, uh, University of California, Davis. Uh, he became a grad assistant and was uh, at a, a – quality control coach and a a linebackers coach at UC Davis after majoring in neurobiology. He was actually in the middle of a lab that he was talking about. It was about a 10 hour long lab, uh, found his love for football, got the opportunity to become a grad assistant and then chose coaching rather than going to be becoming a brain surgeon or something like that. He still finished his degree though. He did. Yes, he did finish his degree. Um, 
He has been an offensive and defensive quality control coach uh, at multiple different stops along the way. He was also a special teams coach and special teams coordinator, I believe, as well, um, including stops at Stanford. Um, he was an, a defensive or an offensive quality control coach at Tampa Bay and at Buffalo. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator at Syracuse. Going back uh, after his time as a quality control coach in the NFL, went back to the college ranks, became the offensive coordinator at Syracuse, uh, then jumped back to the NFL with stops at Buffalo, Jacksonville, and then obviously at Green Bay. Uh, he's got 20 plus years of coaching experience dating back to the late or the early 2000s. And his father is actually well known and highly respected in NFL circles. His name is Paul Hackett with 40 years of experience, mostly as a quarterback wide receiver and tight ends coach. And also as a passing game coordinator, um, he was very heavily noted at uh, San Francisco as uh, the quarterbacks coach for Joe Montana. So that would lead you to believe that. Uh, and honestly with uh, obviously with the, uh, the quote that Nathaniel Hackett gave us today was going to be a, uh, West Coast scheme, West Coast passing scheme. So, uh, yeah. Which shouldn't Eric. be surprising with what he grew up in. Uh, right. Around. Yep. Like, yep. It, it was weird seeing this thing that uh, he's going to be bringing in Doug Marone's offense when there was an interview with him. Um, Might have been not long after he was fired or just after he got the offense coordinator job where he made a comment about how basically the schemes that when he was the offense coordinator, the schemes that he was running weren't what he really wanted to do. It was what the offensive coordinator or the head coach wanted to do. Um, and that he always loved the outside zone scheme, the uh, West Coast stuff. And he he's he was I think it was just after he, or just before he was hired, just after he was hired with Green Bay, because he talked about how he was excited to get this opportunity to get on to uh, be able to work on the outside zone scheme as explosive as the Shanahan system is um, firsthand. So, I mean, it always seemed like he was intent on heading to this kind of offense. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was a really a breath of fresh air, and we talked about it just a little bit ago. Um, he was saying, you know, a lot of outside zone with the with the play action passing game, taking shots down over the field, and when they run some straight drop back stuff, it is going to be the West Coast passing scheme. So a lot of what you saw in uh, in Green Bay, for the most part. I had heard some intel from Benjamin Albright saying that he was mostly going to be focused on like a K-gun offense, spread three wide receivers, stuff like that, a lot of shotgun stuff. Um, but the the comments that Hackett gave us, and I was really hoping that we were going to get the, the, a lot of insight and kudos to the Denver media guys that were there. I believe it was Troy Rank that, asked, that actually asked him the question uh, about what his offensive philosophy was going to be. Um, and to see outside zone come back to this to the the Denver area, um, and he actually gave a lot of credit to watching Mike Shanahan and John Elway uh, back in the '90s, watching John Elway throw those deep bombs off the, the play action boot game. Um, so it sounds like we're going to go back a little, you know, blast from the past with this offensive scheme, and I am I'm here for it. I really am. Uh, Scott, what were those comments you had pulled up here? Let's let's grab a couple of those really fast before we get into some more things that Eric had um, articles typed up here. Uh, Rodney jumping in here. Good evening, Lance and Eric. I hope you guys are having a blessed day. Today is a great day for Hackett. So stoked that he's uh, what about what he's going to bring to the table. Excuse me. Uh, Go Broncos. Rodney, I cannot agree more with you on that one. I'm super pumped. Uh, Steve jumping in here, nothing to say, just showing some love. And we appreciate you for that, Steve. And thank you very much for joining us on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Uh, now, Eric actually dropped an, uh, let's see, George jumping in here. Eric, we know he's got to be a good coach because he's a Star Wars fan. Uh, Denver That's Broncos for life. Like, 
I mean, I made this joke on Twitter, and I don't think that Vic Fangio could even tell you what Star Wars is. <laughs> um, and like, and, and I, I make a joke about it, but it kind of speaks to the energy a little bit and being able to connect with people because having a wide range of interests and stuff, like it helps you connect with different people. It's why I can't connect to anybody. Uh, <laughs> my interests are very limited. But seriously, I mean, he, he uses that to bring additional energy to it. The interviews about him having Star Wars lingo, Star Wars name, Star Wars planets as part of his play calls helped him connect with um, players at multiple stops that he had. Like it, he's using that to help connect with them and figure out things that they want. Because as he said in the press conference today, somebody asked him if he was going to bring more of that to Denver. And he flat out said it's going to depend on the players too. Like if they don't want it to be that, it's not going to be that. So it's interesting, like this the Star Wars fan. I mean, obviously, I'm going to make a bunch of jokes about it being a huge Star Wars fan myself. If you couldn't guess, but there's um, uh, more to it that builds off that. Use napkin. You gotta go, man. Star Wars is trash. Yeah, I'll put you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you broke up on my end for a second there. All I heard was uh, you uh, say, use napkin, you got to go Star Wars is trash. And I, <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. No, it, it, it is fun. I mean, it, so think, think about Nathaniel Hackett here for just a minute and go back to, um, go back to it, even just a couple of years ago. I believe it was when the Rams played in the Super Bowl against the, uh, the Patriots um, just a couple of years ago with, with, uh, excuse me, Sean McVay. And uh, they, they were using like Halle Berry and um, Johnny Depp, I think was another one. They, they had like multiple different famous yeah. actors and actresses and, Justin uh, and singers. Uh, Justin, Timber, yeah, Justin Timberlake was another one where they use those as, as their audible calls and check calls and stuff like that. I mean, uh, even, even Peyton Manning would do stuff like that um, where he would have like, for example, I don't have a specific one, but like, for example, he'd have, um, like Lynch, 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 speaking of about uh, 49ers now GM John Lynch. Uh, and then it, the the next week they would want to run that same play call and they, they call it Stanford. So like Stanford, 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 whatever that would be at the, at the line of scrimmage to get them into that same kind of the, the same idea, you know, using using words and terminology based a, a, like wordplay to be able to create the offense at the line of scrimmage. I don't know if that's what Hackett's really going to try to do here. I, that might be the verbiage that he uses as far as trying to simplify some of the, the heavy lingo West coast calls that he grew up with is, you know, watching Paul Hackett run around with Joe Montana and stuff like that. So it, it's going to be interesting. It really is. I'm, I'm, I've said it multiple times. I'm excited for the direction of this team right now. Uh, Travis jumping back in here. I know everyone is hoping at, at, at hoping for an upgrade at quarterback, but curious to what you guys think, how Locke will do in this system. Eric and I actually talked about this um, it, just briefly prior to coming onto the show. I honestly think that if there was any way that Locke could potentially improve, this would be the scheme that he could do it in. And the reason I say that is based on the, uh, the five-game sample size that we had of him at the tail end of his rookie season. Um, running a lot of similar things that what Hackett is supposedly going to do here um, based on his words, but with Rich Scangarello, the wide zone stuff that he was running, the bootleg stuff, the West coast passing schemes, simplifying the reads down to one half of the field. Um, I, I think that there's a room for Drew Locke to actually improve in this. The problem is, is he actually going to buy into it? 
Um, I, I do firmly believe the Broncos are going to go and get Aaron Rodgers. I do firmly believe that this is a way for them to be able to secure the opportunity to do that. Um, but if, if there's a, and Scott, this is your point. I will give credit to Scott Kennedy here. If there's a quarterback brought in that drew does like knows for certain that he's not going to be able to beat out. Does drew just go into a shell or flat out demand a trade? As a fallback option, and we're going to see this one last chance, uh, maybe draft a kid and see, you know, if Drew Locke can fit into this offense and and maybe improve. I could understand where there would be some intrigue to that. However, the Locke conversation with me has been done since week 14 of last season, and I published that in my takeaways piece after the Broncos lost to the Kansas City Chiefs late last year. I don't think that there's really a spot, and I don't think that it's possible for Drew to actually do that. However, in this scheme, if there was any light at the end of the tunnel for him to be able to do that, this would be the spot for him to do it. Only way Drew Locke is around on this team is if Denver misses out on one of the veteran quarterbacks. Yeah. They go in and they end up bringing another Teddy Bridgewater level tier quarterback for him to compete with. And our, it's not looking good for Drew Locke. I mean, George Payton only gave Drew Locke last year because he felt he owed it to John Elway. Um, th- those are George Payton's words. Um, now you have a new coaching staff. And, I mean, the last coaching staff, they were kind of done with Drew Locke after 2020 um, as well. There's no one in Denver now to sit there and um, keep going to bat for him to try to keep a job. Um to stay in Denver. Like there, there's none of that anymore. Um, I have a hard time seeing him be on this roster come next August. I think that he eventually gets moved. And I think part of the reason why is the not, I'm not trying to throw shade or anything about that is that the, the craziness that's coming with him, it's almost Tebow-esque with how much it is of a quarterback who goes out there and consistently plays poorly and is hyped up to be so much better than he is. It's weird. And it seems like that George Payton, kind of seems fed up with it a little bit and wants to move on. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm fed up with the conversation too. I, I, I think that a lot of people in Broncos country are fed up with the conversation. I, I think that at this point, the, that conversation's had its own, its own lifespan and it's pretty much expired and people are looking forward to the new chapter that we have right now. I mean, obviously you got a new head coach. There's, more than likely going to be a new quarterback brought in and new ownership. Like this is a completely different franchise over the next six months than it was six yeah. months ago. I mean, like, well, look at it. a year ago, year yeah. and a few weeks anyways, no owner situation, no idea when the resolve of that's coming in. John Elway's is your general manager and you have Vic Fangio as your coach, new coach, new general manager and new co- uh, new owners are coming. I mean, yeah. I will fully expect the announcement that this team is being sold this next week. And with that is George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett, they can't sit around waiting for a quarterback to develop. I think that this new quarterback is going to put the pressure on them to go get either Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, probably more likely Aaron Rodgers, because they need to start winning and turn this thing around. Otherwise, they're gone. The new owner will have no ties to them, and they'll be gone. So it's kind of a thing of keeping their job, you know, security around too. 
Yeah. Rodney Garcia jumping in here with a quick question. Do you guys think the Broncos will draft a quarterback? And if so, who would you guys like? I do think they're going to draft a quarterback. I just don't think it's going to be in 2020. I think it's going to be in 2024 or, well, I guess 2023 or 2024. And um, I would rather it be 2024, and I would much prefer it to be Caleb Williams. Just going to throw that out there. (laughs) Uh, Or Casey Thompson, the kid out of Texas. um, I believe that he transferred as well. Um, I, I think he went to, to Nebraska. I, I like what he had there. Uh, no, I don't think the Broncos are going to draft a quarterback this year. If they do, it's going to be a late round guy, uh, mainly a baby Bailey Zappi. I do. I, I firmly believe the Broncos will trade for Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to put that out there right now. I firmly believe the Broncos are going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. And that is the starting quarterback for the Broncos for the next three years. Now with that, you have to not do what the Green Bay Packers did and draft a quarterback right behind that and not let Aaron Rodgers know that. You have to bring him in and say, okay, you can stay here as long as you want to. We would love to have you here. However, the investment at the quarterback position does not stop with you. It does not. We will continue to invest in the quarterback position because it's the most important position in all of sports. So in the next two years, we will draft a day one or day two quarterback as a succession plan to to help us move into the future. And we would like you to be a part of that succession plan. Help us help him. Help us continue the success that we can have coming off of the end of your career. And hopefully with the end of his career comes a Super Bowl with a smooth transition into a new quarterback like what John Elway tried to do with Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler but also failed to do by uh, not really smoothing over the relationship at the end of that uh, Super Bowl season. That's just my personal mm-hmm. opinion, and I, I would love to see that happen. My opinion is you draft a quarterback every single year, period. Yes. Whether you have a franchise quarterback or not, always draft one. Doesn't always mean early. And I've said this on Twitter multiple times, and everybody jumps, well, if you do that and you hit, then you're still spending early. Run. No, no, because I mean, like, if you have a veteran quarterback, then take a shot on a guy round seven. Yep. Maybe you can get lucky, flip them for more picks, and get a win there. Like, always draft a quarterback. And I think this should, Denver should definitely draft the quarterback. Even if they end up trading for Aaron Rodgers, use one of those late-round picks as a veteran as – as on a, one of these quarterbacks in here to try and turn oh, – um, to turn the quarterback room. I mean, it's worth a shot. Brett Rippon, I mean, he's probably – I think he's the most likely quarterback of the three from this last year to stick around. Yep. So keep churning that roster. Keep churning the quarterback position – Try to grow them and be able to flip them. Have them shine in preseason and flip them for a picks. Spend a seventh round pick. Go get a sixth or seventh round pick because quarterback is so valuable. Always go do that. There, there are a lot of tickets that you just want to keep kind of going after and trying to hope that he uh, hits on it. Kevin came up with the five dollar donation. Said, "Would it make sense to take two edge defenders in the draft just to throw some different looks at defenses?" Nick Bonito is a good edge and off ball linebacker. Um, I like uh, Nick Bonito quite a bit, and definitely. Um, one of the guys that I would be looking at and uh, there's a, I mean, this is a strong edge class. There's so many edges. Oh, in yeah. When I was, I think in my first initial top 100 board, I had 12 or 13 edges in my top 100 and looking at, and looking back at that, there's guys that I think have risen up that can definitely be in that conversation. Now it is extremely talented. A lot of great guys. Um, and so uh, definitely can it, but it, a lot's going to depend on what they go and they trade for Aaron Rodgers if they do. And um, with on that note, it's like trading for Aaron Rodgers, 39 year old quarterback, how long you have, like you don't worry about that. 
you're, you need to go and you need to turn this around. How many losing seasons has it been? Five losing seasons? Yep. you got to do something to turn it around. With new owners coming in, George Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, they have to do something to turn that around. Drew Locke's not going to do that. Most Any of these quarterbacks in this class aren't likely to do that. Aaron Rodgers will. You'll get him for four, five, maybe if you're lucky, five years. And that's fine. And you can still go, and as the time gets near, you can sit there and try to take shots to sit there and overturn this. 39 years old, like, okay, he's a star. He's coming off the best two-year span of his career, back-to-back MVPs. There's a difference there between a 26-year-old quarterback who's not cutting it. But anyways, back to edges. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's one of those positions that you should take edges every single year. I mean, edges, corners, and quarterbacks. Those are the three positions every year. Always at least use one draft pick on them. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of really good – Really good edge prospects in this class. Obviously, you're probably not going to get Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Those guys are probably off the board. Uh, David Ojabo is a guy I really like. Um, it depends on what the defensive scheme is going to be. Um, I, I would like to see if, if the Broncos don't use their uh, number nine overall draft pick to trade for a guy like uh, uh, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, something like that. If you're going to stay at number nine, David Ojabo is a guy I really like. George Karloftis as well. There's some strength concerns there. And I know that Eric has actually heard some um, – Interesting information about Ojabo, uh, or excuse me, uh, Karloff is potentially dropping into the second round because uh, length and strength concerns, which I, I can definitely see that. Uh, Kingsley Enigbear is a guy that I really liked, and Eric and I talked about that a little while ago. Um, maybe not so much. And again, that comes back to the to the scheme there. Um, let's see here. Drake Jackson's a guy that I kind of like as well. Um, probably Shane Ray 2.0. Um, let's see here. Looking at this again, Majai Sanders is a guy I like a, a lot as well. Um, looking at Eric's list here, we actually were talking about doing, uh, we're getting ready to do a, a collaborative effort on a top 100 big boards based on Eric's rankings here and splitting up some of the scattering reports for the Finding Broncos series that we do every single year at milehighhuddle.com. So, looking at that, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of names this year. It's, uh, it, it's a very intriguing edge class. Uh, and and Travis came back in saying, you know, like the what if scenario. If if the Broncos did draft a quarterback at nine, Corral would be the only one to me. But that to me is a little bit too rich. Uh, Peter jumping in here. Which of our coaches do you think will stay after this hire? We kind of already went through this one. Um, so uh, I, I I I I do think most Christian of the defensive, Parker. yeah, Christian he's Parker. Seemed, he's the one. only one that's for sure at the moment. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, like. For sure, no. Uh, Bill Kolar is another one. Offensive staff is going to be uh, turned over. Rodney jumping in here. I hope the Broncos keep Ed Donatel. That is n- probably not going to happen. Um, if if Dan Quinn was brought in, I could see that. But with uh, Nathaniel Hackett brought in, I Eric, I want your thoughts on this. And I'm not exactly sure about it yet, based on it's just we just don't have enough information here. But let's just say, like, for example, and we obviously know it's not going to happen, but the, the Broncos did hire, you know, Adam Stenovich as their offensive coordinator, and then they bring in uh, Ajiro Evero as the defensive coordinator. The problem that you have there is that none of those coaches have head coaching experience, not a single one of them. So Ed Donatel would be another guy that doesn't have ed, head coaching experience, but he has a lot of years in terms of service. Does not having any head coaching experience, a guy that you can lean back on that has the the ability of understanding game management, uh, how to operate a team from the top down. Um, does that bring any cause for concern to you? Um, obviously, it, it does a little bit. I mean, I, you like to have a little bit of experience. 
on the staff. And my my philosophy is if you have a rookie head coach, in this case, a rookie head coach on the offensive side of the ball, you don't want a rookie defensive coordinator. Um, you kind of want somebody with a little bit of experience to help take some pressure off the plate. But it's going young, It's and that seems to be the path that the Broncos want to take. And just to clear something up, I said maybe five years for Rodgers if you're lucky. And the reason why I say that is because right now, four years ago, after the 2018 season, or after 2017 season, a lot of people thought, 2017 or 2018 season, a lot of people thought Tom Brady was done. A lot of people thought Peyton Manning was done after his injury, so on and so forth. You don't know how long a quarterback has. He just had back-to-back years. I mean, he's not that guaranteed the MVP this year, but he should be. And quarterbacks, they don't typically just fall off a cliff. There's typically a pretty steady decline for them that happens over two or three years. So Aaron Rodgers probably has maybe three, four years, five if you're lucky, which is what I was trying to get at earlier. Um Nathan asks, any updates on the strength and condi- conditioning staff with the $2 donation? Thank you for that um, donation. We appreciate it. Um, no updates at the moment, but it sounds like that they'll be on their way out. Yeah. Um, just based off stuff I've heard, it sounds like that they kind of want to redo that, which un- makes sense a little bit. There's a lot of soft tissue issues, um, and there was some um, rumblings coming out about the players not really being super happy with the strength and conditioning regime that the Broncos had the past couple of years. You say it- it was it was kind of interesting because a, a lot of the things that you hear about the strength and conditioning coaches, you don't necessarily understand that a lot of these players, you know, they, they have their own strength and conditioning coaches as well. They have their own nutritionist and stuff like that. Uh, um, massage therapist. I know that uh, uh, a guy that goes around on Twitter a lot, uh, Mario Batanzi, um, Jedi Master Mario, I think is his Twitter handle, whatever it is. Uh, he actually owns Batanzi Therapy, who does a lot of chiropractic work um, and stuff like that on, on Broncos players. I know for a fact, Cortland Sutton goes there. I know Jerry Judy goes there. Um, and, and Mario's a great follow as well. But uh, um, like they all have their own specific guys that they like to go and see. And Lauren Landau, who is the strength and conditioning coach for the Broncos, was a guy that a lot of um, Broncos players went to I believe that was before Vic Fangio was hired. So I think Fangio was the one that brought Lauren Landau actually in. But uh, th- that was the reason why was because all the players went to him anyways. So they're like, you know, we might as well just bring him on and, you know, have him be a part of our, our, our normal every single day maintenance as far as strength and conditioning is concerned and stuff like that. Now under Landau, uh, there was a lot of questions about um, him overtraining some players as far as uh, leg days and stuff like that, which did lead to leg fatigue and then also uh, lower body soft tissue injuries. Um, But there was a lot of guff that came out of that because the lower body injuries that we did see, there was a lot of Achilles injuries and a lot of ACL tears, not so much the the calf strains. And there was some quad strains and stuff like that for sure. But uh, like Orlando got kind of a, a rough, like a short straw on that a little bit, but also at the same time, there is some correlation there. Um, so Landau getting replaced is probably likely, but uh, it's not uh, um, it, not necessarily a shame. It, it, like there, there's still probably some players that are going to go back to him. Uh, Michael Ronquillo jumping in here with another massive amount of stars. And we appreciate you, Michael. A great show tonight. Lance and Eric on the Dub Valley Deep Divers. The future is bright with Hackett at the helm as a Denver Broncos head coach. Go Broncos and Michael again we appreciate your support here uh Michael is in for about 50 dollars tonight holy cow and Michael thank you we really appreciate that that means a lot to us and uh, again we we always appreciate you for joining us and shouting us out on Twitter and, and everything that you do for us so thank you again 
Hey, Lance, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Don't you love it anymore that when we're on, we want to have a conversation about something? And tonight we want to talk about Nathaniel Hackett. We want to talk about the schemes that he's bringing and potential coordinators. And it somehow gets, gets you know, taken over by Drew Locke stuff. And now Aaron <laughs> Rodgers stuff. Like, guys, like, can we not go a week without Drew Locke being <laughs> Dude, it, I think it, it by happened, now, everybody knows happened. where we stand on it. I've made it very clear that I'm just tired of the conversation. Like, I really wanted – we have about 10 minutes left. I really wanted to get into some of these candidates for offensive and defensive coordinator. So let's do um, it. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that we can, can drop there. I mean, it helps give you a better idea about different things for it. But uh, – Yeah, so Black Knight jumping in here because uh, he's got a question. He says that, oh, yeah, by the way, I got a question. Uh, for the Devontae Adams trade, if we do it, why not use KJ as a, a trade piece instead of Jerry Judy? Very simply put here, okay? Uh, KJ Hamler has not showed the potential <laughs> upside of uh, of a Jerry Judy. Um, he's also coming off of a torn ACL. His uh, very niche usage in the Broncos scheme as far as using him as like directly a, uh, a deep threat um, doesn't necessarily mirror what is going to be valuable for the Green Bay Packers. They're going to look for a guy that's a multi-versatile kind of a player, a guy they can use all over the formation, um, a higher-end draft pick, and also not coming off of a torn ACL. So, uh, yes, that would be why you would use Jerry Judy in that trade piece and not K.J. Hamler. Um, now, do yeah. I want to pull that off? No. The, the trade piece I'm looking for is Tim Patrick here. Why would you not use Tim Patrick instead of Jerry Judy? The salary cap situation in Green Bay is kind of prohibitive on that one because they are $44 million over the cap right now. So Tim Patrick coming off the extension that he just got would be kind of hard to trade there. But uh, if you're looking to get Devontae Adams, you don't want to pair him with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. There's too much of the same kind of body type there, a lot of the same abilities and skill set. You want to have uh, Devontae Adams playing the Z role, which is what Tim Patrick typically plays. Colton Sutton playing the X role, which is the boundary receiver on the outside, and then use Jerry Judy in the slot. That would be the ideal way to go about that if you got Devontae Adams in, which, by the way, I'm fully all about. If the Broncos can pull that off and they get Aaron Rodgers, you want to see a grown man cry because that's going to be me. Who has two thumbs and is going to cry about Aaron Rodgers? This guy right here. Yeah, and basically it's kind of what Lance says. Devontae Adams is probably top three route runner in the NFL. Jerry Judy's good. But he's not on that level, and it's just complimentary skill sets. Um, real quick, a couple comments before I came back to the super chat here. Um, Kalea, uh, I hope I said your name right. Says Drew. Uh, Drew. People still suck on on Drew. Hello, it's great to see you in here. I don't remember seeing you in the chat before. If it has, it's been a while. It's great to see you back. Um, DBA says, "Get used to it, boys." Until someone is named starter, and probably after that, people are going to talk about the quarterback. I started about hearing Rogers last year, and it makes sense. And the Rogers mm-hmm. talk last year got talked about ad nauseum because i mean is he going to be traded is he not there's a much more realistic chance that he gets to and so it's going to have come back up but i think at this point it's we've seen enough of drew lock to know that he's not going to be the guy doesn't mean he can't be a solid or good nfl quarterback he's not the guy he's not the franchise guy and more so my point was is that we come in with i want to talk about something very specific and Obviously, we let the chat kind of dictate the conversation, but we would be talking about something not even related to Drew Drew Locke or the quarterback position, and it just gets overtaken by Drew Locke stuff. Yeah. Um, there's there's more to talk about with the Broncos than just the quarterback position, and sometimes we just like to do about that. Um, Deshaun Barub, hopefully I said your name correctly, with a dollar ninety nine says who's supposed to be on the staff with experience. 
Uh, good question. We just have to wait and see uh, how the staff gets turned out. Still waiting on that. A lot of uh, dominoes still to fall. Kyla. Okay. Kyla and uh, Ky- uh, Kyla her. And uh, this is a new name for us. So thank you for joining us on, on DVDD tonight. And we hope to see you back more often. And, and thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, guys, we, I, as I'm looking down the rundown, I had to kind of force everything that I had for Nathaniel Hackett in on, you know, that as far as his background, his dad's background and stuff like that. But as, as far as what else I have here, um, what, what scheme Nathaniel Hackett wants to run. Uh, we have Eric wrote a really good article earlier today on um, five players that benefit the most from Nathaniel Hackett getting brought on. Uh, there's another article that's going to be dropping here soon of, of uh, three to five players. Uh, did you narr- you narrowed it down to three, right? Or was it four? four. So something four players uh, that don't benefit from Nathaniel Hackett's hiring. We were going to get into that as well. Um, offensive and defensive coordinator positions. We kind of touched on that a little bit, but like we had a, this is Dove Valley Deep Divers, guys. We go deep into these things and getting hung up on Drew Locke or Garrett Bowles or whatever mess you guys want to talk is a little frustrating sometimes. Not to We love you guys joining us. We definitely do. Don't get us wrong. But we have so much to get to tonight. And we got a 15-minute Drew Locke dive ride from Lance um, again. But I see this as a great chance to kind of try to change it back a little bit. Um, Nathan says, any scheme preferences for defensive coordinator? And yes. everything seems to be that they kind of want to stick with what Vic Fangio did. I saw somebody early in the chat talk about Gus Bradley, and I think that you can just throw that out. Um, there doesn't seem any intent whatsoever to go to a heavy cover three system. Um, so I think they want to stay with that. That's why um, Evero is so well liked. I mean, not just his connection with Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, uh, I believe Evero was Hackett's best man. They were they've remained best friends, remained in close contact. I mean, he's a bright guy. He's up and coming. There's a lot to like about Evero, but he's worked so much under Vic Fangio and Brandon Staley and Raheem Morris, who all this last Raheem Morris this last year, which is all running basically the same system. He also worked under Wade Phillips, Monte Kiffin and Dom Capers as well. Um, and he's probably going to bring a little bit of everything from those schemes to kind of build his own scheme. But it sounds like the basis of his scheme is that Vic Fangio defense. And that's something that, that's one of the reasons why George Payton didn't want to fire Vic Banjo. He yep. wanted to keep the defensive steam attack in, intact. It's one of the reasons why Ed Donatel was not necessarily rumored to be, but mentioned as a possible defensive coordinator candidate to stick around as that because it would keep the scheme in place. That seems to be what the Broncos want to do defensively is keep this defensive scheme in place, which is great because we saw how effective it can be against um, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, both of whom had some really bad games against the Broncos during Vic Banjo's tenure. Um, so it makes sense that they want to keep it in play. And I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And like you said, you know, Ajiro uh, Evero worked under Wade Phillips, worked under Vic Fangio, Raheem Morris. Uh, he started off with Monte Kiffin as well. Uh, so he, he's been in, in cover one schemes with, with Wade Phillips. He's been in, in Tampa two with Monte Kiffin. He's been in uh, two, four, six schemes, uh, match quarters uh, under Vic Fangio. Uh, Raheem Morris this year, who's doing a lot of the, the match quarter stuff as well. Um, Dom Capers early in his career, that was a cover three scheme that he ran down there in Houston. So, um, yeah, Ajiro Evero is a guy that's very intriguing. And I, I, I was didn't actually hear it. So if you if you said it, I do apologize for repeating it. But uh, offering in Wade Phillips blitz schemes and pressure schemes up front with the front seven, um, the, the heavy A-gap pressure, the twist stunts that you're going to get, and then cornerback pressure. 
Wade Phillips ran a lot of cornerback pressure, safety pressure coming off the coming off the edge. That's something huge to me. If you're going to add cornerback pressure and then run a cover four scheme or a cover six scheme uh, or even two man with two deep safeties, you're asking your linebackers to do a lot, which then screams to me that uh, Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson, they're not coming back. Like Jonas Griffin doesn't even necessarily have the athleticism to do that. Like Baron Browning is your guy. So if you're going to ask Ajiro Evero to come in, have Wade Phillips pressure schemes, and then run cover four on the ass end of that, you're looking for linebackers that know how to move. And uh, that's, that's a scary proposition with the, with the scheme of personnel that the Broncos have currently right now. Like that's, that's not something I'm looking forward to there. It'd be interesting to see how they fill it out for sure. But uh, yeah. Uh, Rodney Garcia, any free agent suggestions for offensive tackle? Um, not right now, Rodney. Um, we kind of answered this earlier. Uh, go back and check it out. Uh, we haven't gotten into the free agent stuff yet, so uh, we appreciate you for joining us and, and throwing some stars around. We, we'll we come back to you on that one. Uh, give us a couple of weeks to get past the Senior Bowl, probably between the Senior Bowl and the NFL Draft, or the, the, the Combine, excuse me, the Scouting Combine. We'll do uh, a, a good deep dive on, on free agency. Eric, what do you think? Just a couple weeks here. Do something Probably like that. that. Yeah. Um, uh, middle, uh, right after the Super Bowl, maybe we'll do a, a free agent kind of a free agent prime or something like that and, and get back to you on that stuff, guys. And uh, wanna, I want to bang through a couple questions here before we get going. Todd Ossendorf said, Eric, unless you foresee a switch to the 4 3 defense. No. As I was saying, it seems like they want to kind of stick with the 3 4 front. Peter Middleton asks, which players will be fearful as they don't have a skill set for hacking? Um, and then there was another one. Um, there's actually a super chat here. I'm going to grab a super that. Chat really that I was talking about which would most benefit from it as well. And that was actually part of our planned topic about it. I have a couple art. I have an article up about guys who benefit from not the scheme change, but from Hackett being hired. And then, uh, which talks about the scheme a little bit. And then four players that should be coming up soon about who aren't benefited. It's all focusing on offense um, with the defensive stuff still somewhat up in the air. While we have an idea of what they want to do, we don't for sure. Um, Dalton Reisner moving to an outside zone scheme is m- majorly beneficial for him. Lloyd Cushenberry is kind of in a weird spot. Um, Garrett Bowles has helped out a little bit. He's kind of got the ability to work in both of them uh, and both schemes. Javante Williams, if he can clean up his vision a little bit and make those one reads and go, it would be very beneficial for him. Um, Noah Fant, he's going to finally have a creative play caller who can use him a little bit better. Hopefully this helps him keep engaged and keep him motivated. That definitely seemed to be part of the issue last year. Um, Graham Glasgow, I think he's fine out of the way. He can work in any scheme. Quinn Miners, if you improve that technique, he showed the flashes on the movement system with his movement to be able to work in an outside zone scheme. I kind of like what he can bring to it. Natani Moody, though, and sucks because his family is so nice and everything, and there's some big supporters of it. But he's, he's not the most agile. He's not the best with his lateral movement. It's doesn't seem to bode well for him and then i mean not wanting to talk about it but drew lock the scheme benefits him but the whole change of personnel or the coaching staff the changes with the front office doesn't so it's going to be interesting there he's had three years under his belt yeah major questions up the end there um in the end of there so and there's multiple other guys on it as well i don't think tyree cleveland's the best fit um tim patrick i think he's got a skill set to be effective um or Cortland Sutton, i think has a skill set to be effective Tim Patrick, on the other hand, could be a little iffy there, which could be why, as Lance was talking about earlier, with a potential trade for um, Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers included, you know, um, including t- uh, Tim Patrick over uh, Jerry Judy, it would make sense because Tim Patrick's not the best fit for what they want to do. No. Um, but uh, there's Katie. definitely, I mean, 
if we had plenty, if we had time, I could have gone through the whole offense basically, but. KJ Hamler would have been an interesting one too. And I know you have him as a guy that benefits so much from this um, because of the, the deep shots. Use, yeah. Hacken, the, or Hacken yeah. knows how to use um, playmate, explosive playmakers down the field, as well as on short things to get the, the ball in their hands and have them make plays. Yep. It, it, something that you, you would see a lot from Nathaniel Hackett. And this is another one here is uh, both the tight ends, uh, Noah Fant and uh, Albert Okawabenom. Uh and we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, screens kill your offense, uh, tight end screens specifically. But there, there's an emphasis from Nathaniel Hackett on getting tight ends involved in, in the passing game. Um, it's not a huge one, but there is something to be said about what he was able to do. I think he had Julius Thomas back in 2017 um, in uh, the when he was back in Buffalo. They had uh, Lee Smith, who actually was a, a fairly solid tight end as well. Um, Robert Tanyan was a guy in Green Bay that has had a lot of success with the with the Nathaniel Hackett scheme. So Noah Fant having the athleticism that he has, Albert Okawabenon, who has the, the athleticism that he has, those guys could definitely benefit from uh, Nathaniel Hackett as far as his play calling goes. I think we're going to see some more 12 personnel. Based on what we have here, I do think that 12 personnel is going to be a, a big boost to this offense if we're going to run outside zone you want good blocking tight ends and if Noah Fant wants to wrap his head around actually becoming a blocking tight end we could see a lot of 12 personnel this year uh Steve jumping in here with a solid question um what are some exciting accomplishments that Nathaniel Hackett has without Aaron Rodgers um he the liked biggest... Bortles and the Jaguars, the AFC Championship game that was, what, five minutes away from making the Super Bowl and would have given us a Nick Foles-Blake Bortles Super Bowl. Um, he, I mean, we, we said this about Pat Shermer, so it's kind of iffy. But he literally has gotten the most out of quarterbacks he played with. He had, I believe it was EJ Manuel was the quarterback for his time with the Bills. And, I mean, he did nothing outside of him. And that the Bills offense wasn't good by any means. But they improved from the year before, and they got worse after he left. So the Jaguars, that second – I mean, that um, year, 2017, when he led into the AFC Championship game, um, that was a great year from that offense. He kept Blake Bortles calm, cool, collected, making the smart choices, not being super turnover with the ball, very run-heavy off the back of Leonard Fournette. Yep. Um, and, that, and then the next year, it kind of got worse. Um, but it seems from things that I've heard is that it was – more wanting to change things up. And then, of course, there's only so much you can overcome with bad players at the quarterback position. Yeah. And Blake Bortles just regressed so much, falling into so many bad habits. Um, well, Nathaniel yeah. Hackett's resume outside of his time with Aaron Rodgers is still quite impressive. Yeah, And it's weird that people want to um, have, have tried to slam that and but use it, but ignore other, I mean, throughout the coaching process, I mean, is people are using that to slam hack it while trying to cover up the issues with the same concerns that other coaches, coaching candidates have. So I mean, there's a lot to be impressed with, with hack outside of his time with the Rogers. The one thing that I want to interject here is the fact that he understands what his players do best and how to accentuate, accentuate their strengths. Um, Blake Bortles was obviously not a very good quarterback. He got the best out of him, but he understood that Leonard Fournette, was the guy that was going to carry them there. And he fed him that, that, that offense was number five in the NFL and kudos to Scott for the reminder on that. They were number three in the NFL and rushing that year as well. Like Leonard Fournette was one of the best running backs in the NFL. 
Go back to his time at Buffalo. Uh, they had EJ Manuel, I believe it was JP Losman was there as well, and uh, another no-name quarterback. But they also had CJ Spiller and Fred Taylor at the running back position, top five in the NFL in rushing that year. They, like he understands, we're not going to um, live and die on our quarterback. We're going to understand that we have to run the football, um, play some solid defense, but we're going to put our players in the best positions to succeed. And that, to me, is something that you have to have with the coaching, with a with a head coach, or a, especially an offensive coordinator, or any any coach to be specific. But uh, like you have to understand, putting your players in the position to succeed and then getting the most out of them has to be paramount. It has to be the very first focus of your philosophy as a as a coach in any facet. So to me, that's where Nathaniel Hackett shines above some other coordinators or some other coaching candidates that were out there because he's already done that at multiple different stops. So that's, that's a, that's a glowing uh, endorsement of him from me anyways. Yeah. And it seems like, um, and I think it was Andrew Mason who tweeted out that in his first year as the offensive coordinator in Buffalo and in Jacksonville, they led the league in rushing attempts. Yep. Um, Yep. I mean, there's a lot to it. And Kevin Seven with a $2 donation says, any speedy wide receivers in the draft? Um, and then there was a comment here from Peter Middleton um, that I want to address to asking if we could do the whole and dive into the offense and who fits, who doesn't kind of thing for the um, with Nathaniel Hackett scheme and everything um, next week. And I think next week, I think we're going to move on to the draft a little bit. And I'm thinking mock draft time. That'll be a good time to be able to jump into jump into those speedy wide receivers that we have, and then um, uh, Malcolm Brown with Eric Keena has too much to know. I wouldn't know. I haven't left my house since I've only left my house twice since Christmas. So. <laughs> uh, uh, being able to work from home, I really don't leave often, but it sure sounds to be. And Steve jumping in here, uh, throwing some more stars. Uh, thank you. I'm getting excited and a great show. And with that, guys, we're already, what, almost 10 minutes over our time limit here. So uh, we're going to wrap it up here. And thank you all for joining us on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. We appreciate every single one of your guys' support. You guys can follow us on Twitter by finding me at SandersonMHH. And for Eric, at Eric Trickle. And also for Scott, running the ones and twos behind the scenes, at Scout Kennedy. Also, guys. While you're at it, make sure you guys follow at DVDD underscore pod to find out what our topic is every single Friday. Also at Mile High Huddle, which which is where you're going to find all of your breaking news and analysis regarding the Denver Broncos. There's film breakdowns, opinion articles. Um, we're going to be covering a lot of this coaching search, um, getting into the NFL draft and stuff like that. All of the articles that you're going to get, finding Broncos, the scouting reports, you're going to find it at Mile High Huddle for sure. So make sure you guys are following that. Uh, Facebook supporters, make sure you go to Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash mile high huddle. Click that blue become a supporter button. $5 a month gets you premium access into the trickle zone, which airs every Saturday, I believe at noon. Uh, the Kelberman's Corner, Sundays at noon, and Broncos Book Club with uh, Chad Jensen as well. Uh, Eric's going to be jumping into a lot of draft content here, and I'm going to be jumping into it as well. So hopefully we can uh, get a lot more support of the trickle zone on the Facebook side of things. So uh, make sure you guys are doing that as well. Uh, folks, if you guys are financially able to do so and are willing to do so, go to huddleuppod.com. That's the merch booth, guys. That's where you're going to get yourself a hat, like this Dove Valley Deep Divers hat I have right now. Uh, there's a hoodie. There's a face mask, a coffee cup, a T-shirt to support every single one of your shows. Uh, the the Broncos for breakfast coffee cup that I still haven't gotten shipped yet uh, for uh, for Scott and Nick in the mornings. 
Um, anything to suit your fancy, guys. A onesie for your baby, if that's your thing. Uh, some for the guys, some for the gals. If you want to, if you're able to do so, huddleuppod.com. That's where you're going to be able to get that. And guys, if you're not financially able to do so, or you know, buying merch or whatever is not your bag, like it's it's fine. We all understand. However, it's been like three years, damn near. Eric and I have been going for a long time on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast and the Huddle Up Podcast Network has been going forever on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you guys are at. Subscribe to uh, Mile High Huddle on YouTube specifically, but also on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, does not matter. Subscribe to Mile High Huddle. Like every video you guys see, and if you love it, share it. Share it and get it in front of as many Broncos fans as humanly possible because without your guys' support, we could not do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Now, with that, Scott, what you got here? Uh, did Shadif super? I didn't see a super chat. Did we miss a super yeah, chat? Shadif, um, I didn't see a super chat from you to read or anything, so that's why we didn't it, read it. Yeah, if we miss that, then then we apologize. The chat goes quick sometimes. So if you if you got a super chat in there and we didn't, uh, shout out to Shadif. And if you got a question for us, um, get to us on Twitter. Like I said, at Sanderson MHH for Eric at Eric Trickle. Um, get us that, and we will definitely reach out and and get back to you on that. Uh, Michael Ronquillo says, uh, jumping in with some more stars here. Uh, George Payton will be at the Senior Bowl next week, and yes, he will. Uh, he was asked that directly from uh, Andrew Mason earlier today. So, yes, uh, George Payton will be at the Senior Bowl next week. It's going to be interesting to see if Nathaniel Hackett is there as well. Um, I'm super excited for the Senior Bowl. There's some great talent there. Yeah. That, that's going to be the the course of our show next week. Senior Bowl analysis, Eric's going to get to go nuts. I'm just going to forewarn you on that one. That's our topic is talking about the Senior Bowl prospect next draft. week. It, well, Senior Bowl first, and then we can do a mock draft. Okay. Senior Bowl. If first. we're gonna do that, we're always gonna be pushing it back then. Eh, senior Bowl first. Senior Bowl first. I love gold. Mike from uh, Wisco jumping in here, and yes, we love gold. So does Nathaniel Hackett. Awesome powers reference for you guys on the way out the door. Anyways, uh, Eric, any last words, buddy? Yeah, I mean, um, there's somebody in there that was uh, saying that he doesn't like this hire in the chat. Um, Would have been interesting to hear why, but I mean, there's. It's no guarantee that Nathaniel Hackett works out. Obviously, coaching hires, you just never know. Um, but there is a lot to be optimistic about um, with Hackett, with his press conference. Um, very energetic. He's a people person. He knows how to delegate. There's, there's a lot to be excited about. Just got to go get him that quarterback to let him go out there and have a successful team. Yeah. <clears throat> quarterback means everything. It, it really does. Uh, Shadif, this is the uh, the super chat that came through. It was just a blank dot on submission. You were not charged, so just so you know. Um, if you do got a, a, a question for us, again, please, uh, um, maybe before we get out of here, uh, but uh, please come at, come at us on Twitter if you get the opportunity to, or even, even in the uh, YouTube comments after the fact. Um, ask your question down there. I'll be looking for it, um, and we'll we'll get your question answered for you for sure. Um, anyways, quarterback is the, is the big thing. If you don't have the quarterback, then uh, it's you can have the best coach in the world. Look at what happened with Bill Belichick it, last year, especially, but also this year. I mean, they sure the the Patriots made the, the playoffs this year, but the, also at the same time, was it really because of? Mac Jones or was it because Bill Belichick kind of cro- like carried him there? Like 
you, you can have great coaching, but without the quarterback, you're not going to not really going to be able to do much. So uh, getting the quarterback is, is a big thing. And I, I'm hoping that Hackett can figure it out. I really am that hoping the Broncos can figure it out. Hackett can find the, the proper course of action to get the quarterback position short up. And we can get out of this, what, six year in a row funk of not being able to make the playoffs because uh, that's not the Broncos football that we know and love. But anyway, guys, that's oh, oh Shadif jumped in here. Uh, well, I kicked in twenty five dollars. Just wanted to emphasize the, the trenches, uh, defense, and pressure, etc. Um, yeah, uh, defensive line is something that this Broncos team is going to have to really look at. Again, the, ed, the edge rushing position is um, uh, it's a dearth of talent. Quite honestly, Bleak Reed is not a reliable guy that you can you know uh, depend on every single week. Um, still weak in the running game and seems to get a lot of cleanup cleanup sacks. He's not even a, a Robin to a Batman. He's more of uh, the um, the the mayor of uh, Gotham City more so than he's actually like a a Batman or a Robin. He's just kind of a back behind the scenes kind of a player. Um, Jonathan Cooper as well. I like Andre Mintz. I think there's some potential there. Uh, Cooper as well. But uh, it, depending on what the scheme looks like going forward, the edge is definitely going to be a, a problem here. Um, interior defensive line, I like Draymond Jones. I like Shelby Harris a lot. Um, there's going to be some depth that needs to be addressed here. Mike Purcell probably on his way out. Um, Deshaun Williams uh, not under contract for next year. Um, so the trenches, especially defensively, as far as uh, applying pressure to the quarterback, is definitely a, a huge concern. And Shadif, we we thank you again. Um, again, you were charged for your for your super chat and. Uh, we, we appreciate you for joining us, and I, hopefully I answered your question in the, the correct way there. And just got to say, this is Aaron Rodgers being called the drama king is perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Chef's kiss. It, it really is. Uh, Michael with some more stars on the way out the door. But anyways, guys, that's going to do it for us on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. You all stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. Also, again, make sure you guys check out milehighhuddle.com for all breaking news and analysis. Um, there's going to be uh, a a lot of quote breakdowns and stuff like that regarding um, Nathaniel Hackett, Rodney with some more stars jumping out on, on the way out, but uh, milehighhuddle.com get all of the Broncos analysis that you can um, with that guys. We're going to say good night. You all stay safe. Take care. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys same time, same place next week on the Dove Valley deep divers podcast. Uh, and as always guys go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.